listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome everyone to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us. On today's episode, I had the opportunity to talk with Bruce and Susan Wesley about what they've learned about each other and about the importance of investing in their marriage. So much wisdom and fun. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, welcome Bruce and Susan to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. Welcome back. Rather, you guys have both been here pretty often, but never together, right? Right. I don't think. I know, I'm really excited about it. Uh, We are too. So we're in this sermon series right now called Table Talk, where faith meets food. And we're talking about reclaiming the table. And Bruce, you talked recently about reclaiming the table with discipleship and um, specifically a lot of it with our families. How do you how do you spend intentional time with your family for discipleship? And I think one question that that leads straight into is uh, time focused on your marriage. And so I just wanted to get you guys together because you've been married for how long? I know. <laughs> 38, <laughs> almost 39 years. I was going to say 39. I'm rushing us. Yeah. yeah. In January. Almost 39. Yeah, almost 39. Right. So you guys have wisdom to offer all of us. And I just want to sort of glean that from you. What does it look like to have a thriving marriage? How are How is it hard and how do you guys work on it? But before we get into anything like that, uh, let me just ask you, what, what was your first date like? What was your first date night? First date night. Well, first of all, you should know that when I asked Susan out multiple times, no. she told me no. And she told me no. Because. Well, because why? Uh, <laughs> you tell us. Well, her. it's um, because, and every woman will understand this, because my friend liked him. Oh, really? Yeah, you know that. Oh, that's just like that's a rule. Hard. You can't do that. You know, you don't. I totally didn't get that. No. So um, my friend really liked him, and so I was trying to get them together, and so that would have been terrible to insert myself in that. But I, 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 I clearly got over that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, what happened? We, now we have to know. I know, yeah. really. So he just was persistent, and I... Gave in, so under pressure, and um, she she was fine. She ended up marrying the love of her life, so it all ended well. I was young and ambitious. I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I don't like her. I like you. I think you like uh, me. So you knew. <laughs> you knew the reason yeah. why. And you're oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. I, yeah. I kept saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, she likes you. I'm not going to go out with you. And, uh, but anyway. Oh, and Susan was dating some other guy that, or she had gone out with some other guy that was on an opposing football team. We, we were playing intramural football at that time. But when you're in a small school, it's a big deal. It was a big deal. Yeah. And I said, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, He didn't have any trouble. No. That yeah. is awesome. You are confident. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Or you were just 20. Or there, you there you go. It's probably that. Yeah, 19. But anyway, we um, it took a long time to get a first date, and we had both left town, and we we're coming back into town. Uh, for a first date. Well, actually, I chased her out of town. He did actually chase me out of town. So true. I wanted to see her, and she was going home and to Austin. And we were in Brownwood, which is the heart of Texas. And so I said, that's interesting. I'm going to Austin this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, really did. I, yeah. I chased her down. In, he and in his Austin. group of friends, they were all very confident. And, uh, yeah. But that was not a date. Yeah. No. no, we 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 had a date when we came back from a holiday, and uh, it was at a park mm-hmm. in Brownwood, Coggin Avenue Park. Yeah, I brought a candle. 
and Burger King. Burger King and a blanket. One candle and Burger King. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a we, good date. It yeah, was right. actually put yeah, that yeah. candle in the dirt, and lit it, and had us some yep. some Burger King, and uh, yeah. And that was it. That was it. We courted mostly over frisbee and hot chocolate. Yeah, we did because we were broke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, the money. best times. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. good. So, so what was your best date ever? Do you have one? Uh, the first thing that came to my mind of that was the Adele concert. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that is fun. It was. It that was. wasn't that long ago, so no. it took us a long time <laughs> to get to a good date. Well, that yeah. was the most recent best yeah. date. So. Yeah, for me, it was oh, San love- Francisco, which is, you know, it's not a date. I mean, it was a date. It yeah. was uh, a trip away, which uh, maybe we can talk about kind of how we had a rhythm of trying mm-hmm. to do things like this, but it was the best of those trips away. It was. Uh, partly because we rented a uh, convertible and drove down Pacific Coast Highway 1 from San Francisco to Carmel. And uh, so, yeah, it was one of those that we saved a long time for, but it was like, this was awesome. Mm. I think that was at 25 years, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know, dear. I can't remember. Yeah. but See, he knew 38 good. and you knew 25. <laughs> yeah. There, there you go. go. Yeah. You're tied We're, so far. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. Um, okay, so why do you guys, because you guys have been married for a while, mm-hmm. why is it important to have time away together? Why, why should we think about having intentionality with that, with our marriages, not just our family? Well, I think, um, and Bruce has always been really good at planning that. So um, I'm not a planner. He is, and he's always been really good at that. But I think for, for, well, first of all, it's your first relationship, and you should give time to that. And, you know, being married after 39, almost 39 years, you know, we still are learning about one another. And so um, I think that is um, because it's the, the priority of relationship, it is really something to your children benefit so much from your commitment to their, hmm. um, you know, other parent. And um, I always tell uh, mamas the best thing that you can do for their kids is to love their dad. Hmm. So. so it's not, this isn't separate from what Bruce is talking about with discipling your family. It's connected. Yeah. I think it's all connected. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we don't know how to separate quality time and quantity time. You know, mm-hmm. we don't get to determine what's what. And so time together, life together. And it's, um, I think for us, I'm always learning something new, as Susan said. She she used to say, don't bring me flowers. And that's changed. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Things change. Yes. They oh, it, it, mm-hmm. And, you know, I get it now. Mm-hmm. You know, we couldn't afford for me to bring her flowers, but I, I would want to bring her flowers. And uh, we're at a different place in life. I've mm-hmm. paid for all the colleges and all the weddings I'm ever going to pay for. And so if I wanted to bring her flowers, flowers, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so that part of that, though, is this this discovery of one another, you know. So, I mean, if if our listeners are like um, just newly married, mm-hmm. no kidding, 38 years in, almost 39 years in, we're still learning new things all the time. And it's still fun. I mean, mm-hmm. the discovery part of all of that. Um, and it's also true that, um, you know, people say you kind of, you got to have time away from each other, just like you have to have time mm-hmm. With one another, I think that's probably true, um, but they they say it like you, you don't really know yourself unless you're away, a and I, I don't know that that's true because I I think the best part of me is with her, right? So uh, when I 
when she, I tell her, you know, when she's in the room, I walk in the room, I'm the best part of myself. That's that's the best part oh, of who I am. Wow. And no, it's really true, though. And I think that that's 38, 39 years of marriage, um, bringing out the best of, of one another. And it, it takes time and a commitment to do that, you know, through the years. Mm-hmm. How how does that happen though? So this is just me thinking like, oh, I I would love if in you know a few years Aaron says the best part of me is when you walk in the room. <laughs> how how is it that your time together? Why is it that your time together does that for you? What is it about you know y'all's relationship and time together that just changes who you are? Yeah, you want to start with that or you? Oh, you go. Okay. <laughs> You know, I think that, well, first of all, you know, our, our relationship hasn't um, been just always perfect in every way. And, you know, look, we live this crazy um, kind of charmed, charmed life. life. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's a good way to say it. Uh, because it, it's been, we, we've had seasons that were really challenging. But, you know, one of the things that we have committed ourselves to is, um, you know, there's a line you don't cross. And it's the the respect line. You just don't cross that. Uh, you don't cross that line of showing each other disrespect in the way you talk to each other, the way you treat each other. And when you do, and I we say, have, we, so. we have. It's rare. And yeah. when we have, mm-hmm. it's like it's a big deal. Something yeah. just happened mm-hmm. really bad in the world, right? And and it needs repair. And so um, I think one of the benefits we enjoy. Because we've said we're not going to cross that line, mm-hmm. and when we d- if we did, we're going to make it right quickly. Uh, is now we have this this measure of trust where we can mm-hmm. we can emerge, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean your your ideas about who you are, who you want to be, you can test them, and who the play, the person you feel most safe with, most loved by, you can test being this version of yourself, and and therefore. Mm-hmm. You become the best version of yourself. I really think to what Bruce said about the inability to to separate quality and quantity time mm-hmm. that you don't get um, quality without a good portion of quantity, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you you can't predict that you can't make that happen. And I think sometimes we try so hard with events and things to happen, and we have this expectation mm. that exceeds you know, any kind of reality, and then we just walk away disappointed. And so, um, you know, it's having that time away, but not putting pressure on that time away is, um, is helpful, you know, to just, and just to, to have the expectations be low. And, um, and that sounds terrible, but just to, to no, not. No, that sounds, that sounds safe and, mm-hmm. you know, like an opportunity. That's what yeah. it sounds like to me. Yeah. I, and I think it's, I think today with our affluence and our um, level of expectation, we've, we, our kids experience things so much earlier today than, you know, we do. I know I sound like an old person, right? But it, it's, that's not helped us in so many ways, you know, because we walk into experiences with such high expectations mm-hmm. and, um, so when it comes to relating to one another, just relax. relax, relax, relax is why well. be, that is be still. really, really great advice. So what does it look like for y'all? So, you know, when sometimes when we think about time with our spouse, especially, you know, with little kids 
or, or I don't know, even with older people, I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not there yet. But we think about date night. Yeah. You know, we have to plan a time. We have to go to dinner. And that's, what, that's our time together. So what is it like for y'all? Because you're talking about time away. What, what is it? Yeah. yeah. You want to describe that now, and then I'll, I'll take them through the seasons. Yeah. Well, I mean, now we, um, we have a commitment to, to walk together every day. And um, we do it pretty much every day. And it's about a 45-minute walk. Sometimes we're silent. Sometimes we're praying. Sometimes we're talking. But it is a place of connection. And I've read something that psychologically walking and, and talking is a, there is a connection that happens in doing that. That yeah, is, wow. yeah, I don't know. But I just think it has been really good for us. And um, so that is one of the rhythms of our life today that is, so we don't need date night so mm-hmm. much because, you know, we're together a lot. Um, but we still have to make time to connect, mm-hmm. and that's been a good rhythm for us. Yeah, and I, I say there are seasons because if you think about it, in the earliest stages of your marriage, you, you have a lot of date nights, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, almost every you night's date to. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. And then you have oh, kids. Yeah. And, and then when you have kids, you have to really work at having uh, a date night kind of experience. And um, so we did. You know, as our kids were younger, we would we would do things that were more date night. You know, sometimes go with friends, sometimes just go by ourselves. But um, what we what we learned as our kids grew older is that you know if you can feel it right, the time is slipping away, mm-hmm. and so uh, we would tend to want to seize that time. Uh, like my day off's on Friday, and she could be available on Friday, and so we would do like a Friday lunch because you know we weren't having to try to provide for kids or worry about what they're doing. They're off at school, and so we could do something uh, that was on on Friday when that time was available. And, and my point in that is different season of life. Mm-hmm. We try to seize that moment, you know, at that time. And then, of course, then our kids are out of the house, and now we live in this world where we um, we can walk. And it, But the point is connection, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's real conversation. It's feeling understood. It's um, looking at life's plans and it's solving all the world's solving, problems solving the world's problems <laughs> they've just listened to us uh, and it's it's really solving helping each other solve our own you know each other's problems it's um, all the things it's all the things it's yeah, all the yep, things yeah is. so uh this is really how we did it because susan said i'm a planner so mm-hmm. here's how i think about it um you have time daily so when our kids were home they knew when i came in the office Sorry, when I came in the house from the office, um, they can we'd greet each other, and then Susan and I'd go to the kitchen, and they would go play because mm-hmm. that was our time to catch up on the day. So it was a daily thing, and we'd have this that time until dinner's ready. And uh, but it was important uh, mm-hmm. time for that. And then we would do something weekly, where whether depends on the season of life as to how we would do that. And then we would try to do something quarterly where we would go away. Oftentimes that might be to, you know, uh, a hotel overnight nearby, but once a year we'd try to go away. Mm -hmm. And so I talked about the San Francisco trip. So that's a, uh, and you know, we were, we were poor as church mice. So, I mean, we, seriously, I mean, then we didn't have a lot of resources at all. And, uh, but we'd, we'd save for it. We'd try to plan for it, you know? And then the other piece that was really important was family vacation because it was important for us, but it was important for us with our kids an uninterrupted season of life for, you know, a week to 10 days, whatever. 
Um, so every year, then we live in this rhythm that included those things and a couple of family camps, one at the beginning of summer, one at the end of the summer. And those were all kind of markers mm -hmm. that before you know it, I mean, you're, you're through the whole year, but you didn't feel like uh, the year was, was stolen away from us you somehow. Yeah, yeah. We, we were into it with each other. I feel like I need to go buy a planner now because <laughs> neither one of us planned, but that sounds really amazing because it's hard to find time. You know, your kids are in all these sports or your kids are teenagers or whatever it is. There's always something, though. Mm -hmm. And so to have it scheduled, I think sort of sounds unromantic, but it's just this rhythm of life like you're talking mm -hmm. about. Right. It's expectations again. The romantic part, Yeah. I'll say this for all the guys, uh, the romantic part is if I took care of someone to take care of our kids. Right. I did the planning. <laughs> yeah. I helped make that weekend happen, and that burden wasn't on, was not on her. Uh, that made it romantic all oh, of yeah. a sudden. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you talked about, you know, sort of the why behind it and, and when you do it. What about when you're actually together? Uh, do you have any just practical advice? Because in your, in your sermon about discipleship and table talk, I just appreciated the advice that you just give, this practical advice when you're around the table with your family. Don't discipline your kids at the table. You know, look people in the eye whenever, you know, whenever you're talking to them, when they're talking to you. So what about when you're with Susan, whether you're walking or eating breakfast or after work when you're talking? Do you have any just practical advice? Yeah, I mean, I'll start so you can think of something. I, uh, because one of the things I mentioned in the sermon is listen with your eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think for uh, for Maybe for guys, most of all, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a, a somewhat a gender thing is that uh, we, we want to listen to words and say, no, that's not what you said. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I learned that's not the way to listen. Uh, you got to listen with your eyes and respond to what you see. And I think that um, for us to learn to communicate through the years as we're whether we're walking or on a date or whatever, I, I have to not just listen with my ears, but uh, but watch. Yeah, yeah. And um, when I think about that, I think about you know when you're around the table with your family, or if it's just Bruce and I around the table, it, it all counts. It all matters, right? And um, we're really to outdo one another in showing honor, mm -hmm. and that doesn't. You know, we we think about that sometimes in the body of Christ and as with other believers, but that really should start right here, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and what better place in the home for kids to learn how to serve if they see mom and dad serving one another mm -hmm. and um, in a way that is, you know, it's honoring to each other. And that's that's how we learn how to do it. And um, so. Yeah, part of... Uh, Part of this, too, was I remember when we were about to get married, one of our college professors was uh, the person who did premarital counseling with us. And his name is Frank Uranian, and he uh, did these personality profiles with us. And he was sitting across the t desk from us and said, uh, oh, he said, Bruce, you are going to, how do you say it, like <laughs> run roughshod over your wife if you don't, um, if you don't slow down and give her a lot of room and help draw things out of her, and I remember early on, it's like, 
that I mean that already connected with me, right? It's like I because I can be a dominant personality, and uh, and Susan would tend to let me believe that what I said was true, you know, <laughs> uh, instead of just saying, wait, 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 that's not how I think about that or, or whatever. And uh, so I, I realized I just have to slow down. And um, That was my favorite professor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, well, he was. He was, when I think about who influenced us in, you know, in our marriage, he's one of the first names that come to my mind. Yeah. So. She's a very gentle person. Mm, the, the, but she's changed in this sense. I mean, you know, because Susan is, um, um, she is fun and she she's not domineering, but uh, she can become real forceful, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, that's just one of the ways that you've changed through the years. Yeah. So, I was about to ask you, because you said you're still learning things, so that... You know, that insight from your professor was in the beginning. So what, what's something you've learned recently about one another? Hmm. Yeah. All right, you think wow. I, I will just reiterate what I just said. You know, we probably within the last few years just started talking about the Enneagram and Susan's mm-hmm. Enneagram 9, um, which is a peaceful person. But she has a wing 8, which is a powerful person. And so when she feels deep conviction about something, her eight emerges quickly. Under stress, her eight emerges quickly. And so uh, that's one of the things I've learned about her is, you know, because I, Mm -hmm. you know. It can be confusing. Well, it can, because, you know, you're always wanting everything to be calm and peaceful, and then all of a sudden, you're not very calm right now. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) No one believes you. (laughs) Yeah, that uh, that is the response. People are like, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's true. That happens. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, gosh, I'm I'm just trying to think. Can you think of something that you think is kind of a recent revelation? you yeah, didn't always know he was a three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a, that's always been evident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I, he goes to a nine in stress, and I can see that. Yeah. I mean, you know, he is peaceful, and the, you know, I think probably at my age now, I really appreciate his uh, willingness to wade into planning and to making those things happen because those are things I would not make happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, you know, I'm not going to do things that are hard sometimes, and he will push through those hard things, and I'm grateful for that. So, so ha- has being in relationship and learning about each other and spending time together, does that get easier the longer you're married? Because I think sometimes we think, you know, like, oh, well, one day we'll have time to go on walks, or, you know, one day we won't be distracted by our jobs or whatever it is, and we'll we'll be able to focus on each other. Is that what it looks like? Yeah, you know, I think it it depends. It depends on whether or not, I'll say it this way, whether or not you're reconciled people or if you're unreconciled people. Mm-hmm. Because I think if people are married and they're unreconciled, they, they have issues that they haven't dealt with with one another. Um, I, the way I say this with couples sometimes is, you know, if you're unreconciled, it's as if you have a, a wall of static between you and the conversation that you have. It goes through that wall of static, 
and it becomes garbled on the other side. And so people can't, your spouse can't really fully understand what you're saying because you have some unreconciled issues in your relationship. I think if you live reconciled, um, that doesn't mean perfect. Mm -hmm. That means, though, that when you have a problem, you address the problem. You tell the truth to each other. And you try to show grace, try not to, you know, be disrespectful, um, try to give each other room to fail and still feel loved, you know, that kind of thing. That's what I mean by living reconciled. Mm-hmm. Then it gets easier because every time you, you think about it, every one of those wins builds up this yes. this bank of trust that we we can survive whatever mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. come up with, you know. And so it gets easier. It does. But I do think that there are these seasons that you go through, like, you know, if you have children, when your children leave the home, Mm -hmm. and then when they get married, and um, they, you know, when you have grandkids. I mean, there's all of these things that are happening in your life as an adult, as an older adult, that just the, the very issue of aging together is sometimes challenging, mm-hmm. and people don't really talk about that mm-hmm. very much. But it is a, it's something that you know. When we were on sabbatical, we met with a counselor, and that was one of the things he said: is that you need to focus on each other because you're going to be taking care of one another. And I thought, man, that's just something that no one's ever said to me <laughs> yeah. before. And it's yeah. like, but it's so true. And it's like, this is why you you don't give up trying and working and learning and growing in your mm-hmm. marriage relationship. It's, you don't ever get to a place of like, well, we got this. Yeah. yeah. So easier in some ways, but not easy. Right. Ever. <laughs> well, yeah. I like the fact that, you know, she talked about uh, our kids get married, we have grandkids. So all of these things, when you go through them, it's like, I've never been through this before, mm-hmm. right? And so it is new. It's new to me, and definitely it's new for her experiencing me as the father of adult children, as the grandfather, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's something new and fresh that we're doing together as we're learning about ourselves and one another. So in that sense, it's it's easy to keep things fresh mm-hmm. if you're going to do it together. I think what may become stale and, unfre- you know, it's, it's whatever unfresh is. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's stale. Stale, yeah. Um, I think that happens if you're not doing it together. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're kind of it, operating. And know. it would be easy mm-hmm. for to let her be Nana and Pops not get involved very much because she's such a great Nana and everybody loves a Nana, right? So, uh, <laughs> Grandkids are the best. <laughs> they, they are great. Um, but, I mean, you know, Susan's really relational. I'm really task-oriented. And so I, I see that. That takes some effort to to stay engaged at that point. Well, I remember you um, talking one time. I don't even remember when it was, but you were at a conference and it was with pastors, and they asked everybody to like put on the wall. I don't know how to fix this story for me um, about how is your marriage doing, and everybody had to I think put a sticky note on the wall or something like that. And basically, there was this correlation between your marriage is is doing well and your your ministry is doing well. Basically, yeah. is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, actually, <laughs> I was a part of a group. Yeah. I was a part of a group of pastors who were all similar age, similar size church, similar age of church, and um, just one of the questions that was asked 
was, how's your marriage doing? It was one of a series of questions. And so uh, what we did is we wrote them on these big, you know, post-it notes that stuck on the wall. And so after everyone's responded to the questions, they're all written. Uh, I was just walking around the room and reading people's answers. And uh, oh, yeah. 100% of these people uh, answered the question, what's going well? It wasn't about marriage. Okay. What's going well in your life? A hundred percent of them said, independent of one another, my marriage. Mm. And it, it was striking to me that these are all uh, pastors who are leading healthy, thriving churches, and the thing that was thriving in their life was their marriage. See, I think that is amazing because in this, so in this sermon series, we're talking about table talk and intentional, you know, time with people around the table with uh, fellowship and with discipleship. And we're going to talk about evangelism, all these sort of facets of our faith. And so my question is that why I, it seems like marriage affects us in all these different ways. Why is that? Or how do you see that play out? I mean, do you have an answer for that? Well, I, I do think that if you look, if you read your Bible from the front to the back, right, uh, the very first thing we see is this marriage between the first man and the first woman, and God's in the midst of that, and when God's not in the midst of that, you know, well, that's chapter mm-hmm. two of Genesis. By chapter three, sin's entered the picture, there's this division, and what we see is um, when God created this relationship, the whole purpose was you could be completely known and unconditionally accepted. But immediately when sin entered the picture, now people are hiding themselves from one another. They're blaming each other. You know, if you read Genesis 3, and it says, you know, they hid from the Lord. They also sowed fig leaves and, you know, hid from one another physically. And then uh, emotionally, they were they were blaming each other. You know, this God is this woman that you gave me. She's the one that did this. And, and all that to say, uh, I think quite... Um, Early in the text, we see that when sin enters and there's a division in the relationship, everything else in life begins to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Redemption, then, is this, this process where, uh, whereby you know, God's restoring all things. And the very things that broke first, if, if they are being restored in our lives, our marriage, for instance, then it, it really influences everything else in our life. Um, It's kind of like, well, I did a talk one time on making disciples, and I remember I used marriage as an illustration. I say, you get this right, and everything else can come together, you know? But if you get this wrong, nothing else really matters. Because especially if you're talking about people who are doing ministry, it's like, if, if my marriage is wrong, if my marriage is out of whack, if my marriage falls apart then my my work as a pastor is probably coming to an end mm-hmm. you know that's not 100% true but it's quite often true mm-hmm. what about you Susan what's because you know y'all talked in the beginning about how i mean you said like our spouses can make us the just the best version of ourselves what's mm-hmm. what's just one way just one way that just being with Bruce has shaped who you are, has changed you or affected your faith or 
Yeah, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's easy, really. Um, I mean, you're a grace giver. You assume the best. And um, when we assume the best of our spouse, I think it just, you, you live into that, um, that grace. And, and that's, I think that that is, um, that's how God intends us to, to walk in relationship with one another. Um, it is His, God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Um, I think when we, when we try to change our spouse, Mm. It just um, can be such a negative, you know, have such a negative effect on a marriage. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of things that Bruce has wanted to change over the years, but he doesn't approach me from wanting to change me. It is, it is really, um, I, I have full freedom to be who God created me to be. And um, that is a good gift. It is a very It's almost good like gift. she... She like helped you with your sermon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bruce actually. I give him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> illustrations. That really is amazing. You guys just think the same way and are saying the same things about family and people around your table and each other, which is, which is really incredible. That's a good word. That's hard to do for oh, most of us. It is hard to do. Yeah. It is hard to do. And I, you know, I think a lot of times people think, well, um, some people can do that. Some people are gift, mm-hmm. just gifted to do that. It's like nobody's gifted to do that. Mm-hmm. He's we are a pastor. All, and he we're can do it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We are all sinners, every last one of us. And, you know, we fight selfishness every day, mm-hmm. every day. So, it's, Well, if, if you were to give, um, I was going to say, you know, young people, but, e- but maybe older people too who are struggling older people, people who have been married for a long time, um, people who've only been married for a few years who are just struggling, maybe they don't even, they don't really want to spend mm. intentional time with their spouse. They don't really want to go on date night. Uh, they aren't sure that it's going to do anything. Just what, what sort of hope can you give them? What sort of advice would you just give them as they move forward? Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is, you know, when, when we don't want the things that God wants for us, we need to ask God to give that to us. And um, sometimes... I don't want to, but I want to want to, and that's all I got. Mm-hmm. And so I take that to the Lord, and so I'm not trying to, you know, just play that card necessarily. I just think it's, it is something that we have to involve God in and ask Him for because God wants us to to live in a marriage of where we're flourishing and thriving, and um, not 100% of the time. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's no marriage that's like that 100% of the time, and. So there are ebbs and flows in your marriage relationship. There's ebbs and flows in your friendships. Any relationship has that. And um, so be patient in those times of difficulty and stress or, um, you know, fighting or arguing or not getting along. But um, ask the Lord to to change your heart and help you to move towards um, each other. I think that's really helpful because I think when we think about time with our spouse and marriage and date night or whatever it is, we do think in terms of romance and flowers, and we don't really think about involving God in that usually. Mm -hmm. You know, we're thinking about, okay, where are we going to dinner, and what are we going to talk about, what am I going to wear, and what did he do for me, not how is this part of our relationship with God. Yeah. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, to your question, I first of all, I think you should know Susan says what she just said all the time. I mean, uh, what are you, what are you asking God for, really, in in this situation? So if you want this situation to change, 
then ask God for um, a new heart, a new way of seeing this, um, a gentle spirit, whatever you need mm-hmm. in, in this situation. And so to your point, I, I think that if things aren't going well, and or even the way you would want them to go, whatever that means, um, and we don't involve God, I feel like I have to say this because I'm a pastor and everybody you know, expects me to give a, you know, a God answer to this. But it's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, if, if things aren't going well and you're not including the Lord, who do you think you are mm-hmm. that you could change yourself or that you could change another person? Only God can change another person. Only God can really change me. And so um, I think it comes to that place where here's the the Jesus juke answer, you know, just be a Christian. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It, it means um, know that, be humble enough to know that the very thing you're not, that you need to be, is part of what God is working in you by the power of the Holy Spirit as you grow in your walk with Jesus. But if, if you're unwilling to submit to the, the work of the Spirit, the discipline of God, um, then I, I got nothing for you. Mm-hmm. You can go down to the self-help aisle and buy a bunch of books and, you know, learn a, some some psychology. And actually, it might help a little bit. It's not going to change you, though. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change the way fundamentally that you relate with one another. So um, I think the, the hope is, you know, don't walk alone, walk with the Lord together. You know, when you walk with the Lord together, he's changing both of us and therefore he's always changing us, you know, uh, as a couple. So let me ask y'all, what is your next uh, walk? What's your next date night? What's the next thing that you have planned in your rhythm? Do you guys have anything fun planned together this year? Uh, Well, we will have Thanksgiving with all of our kids. We yeah, alternate That's holidays. Yes, so yeah. all all of our children, they're, you know, all their all the grandkids. So seven grandkids, and I'm really looking forward to that. That's so. fun. You guys will probably have to babysit for some for their date nights. That's then. right. Exactly. exactly. And I'm that, for it. I'm what, yeah. Yeah. We will do that. So. Yeah, we just got back from Boston, and so it's funny that some of our away trips now, because we love the mountains so much. Uh, if we go on vacation, we go to the mountains. But if it's an away trip which I guess is a vacation. It's just a really brief one. We go to cities. Susan likes cities, mm-hmm. you know. Our 30th anniversary was in London, and we went to Washington, D.C. a few years ago and just got back from Boston. And uh, I'm so, surprised. Yeah. Well, you're surprised that yeah. I like cities? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. This is fun. I want to live there maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> I like to go. So. Well, yeah. thank you guys so much. This was really helpful, so much wisdom, and grateful for both of you and for your example. So thanks for being here. Well, thank, thank you, you Rachel. Honored to do this. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.